0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Green Scene Podcast. I'm Jeremy Safran. TGSP is the top global cannabis podcast. Everyone has questions and we'll cover the stories that matter and showcase the guests who make a difference. This week on TGSP, we turn our attention to the UK and speak with John Liebling. John is the political director of the UPA or the United Patients Alliance. John has also been fighting for access to medical cannabis for years we talked to him about where the UK is with legalization.
1: Um, right. Well, I'll just stop banging my head against the wall for a second uh, because every time <laughs> someone tells me, every time someone asks me that question, um, that's what it feels like. It, you know, there's a huge resistance, and, and all we ever get, and, and all we've ever had for, for a very, very long time, is, is, is there is the standard government response.
0: We wanted to explore the UK's stance on cannabis, politically that is, so we also speak with Paul Flynn, a British Labour Party member of Parliament who is challenging Parliament on cannabis and much more.
2: We know most of the countries in the world allow this most ancient of medicines. But I would call on people to break the law, to come here and use cannabis and challenge the government, the authorities uh, to arrest them and take them in.
0: That's the only way. John Liebling is ready to see cannabis legalized or at least decriminalized in the United Kingdom. Cannabis is the most commonly used drug in the UK, and for John, getting access during some of the most difficult times of his life was extremely difficult.
1: I suffered from um, anxiety and depression, um, complex PTSD and suicidal thoughts most of my life. Um, mm-hmm. and, and of course being unhappy with those, those thoughts has sort of kept me alive. And um, mm-hmm. I had a, a, there was a number of things that went wrong a little while ago, and, and, and basically I needed some more support. And so I went along to my doctor, um, who And I was very honest with him and, and he demanded uh, that, that, that there was no way he was going to refer me to any kind of therapy or help unless I stopped using drugs, which was the way he, he, he responded to me. Um, and, 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 and I explained to him that it really wasn't a good idea that I stopped using cannabis because actually it really helped. And uh, but, but anyway, he, he refused and I, you know, he asked me to trust him. Um, and so I did, and uh, you know, within a few days, um, you know, I, I wasn't leaving the house. so I was paranoid and, and, and all the rest of it. Um, and and the, he prescribed diazepam um, to help me sleep at night, um, and he prescribed fluoxetine, uh, which I think is commonly known as Prozac. Um, and uh, and I have to say that constitutes the scariest drug experience of my entire life. Um, the, uh, the, the what the Prozac did. Um, it, be, I mean, it, it certainly made me happy with my thoughts, uh, but when you're a person with suicidal thoughts, you really don't want to be happy with those. Um, right. and, and I was. <laughs> and, uh, and, and in fact, for the first time, and well, for the first time in, in maybe 20 years, um, I found myself acting upon those thoughts. Um, and, uh, and, and, and I am so thankful um, that. When I went back to the doctor, uh, my, my own doctor was, was away on holiday, so I got this locum um, and, uh, and you know, she spent half an hour um, listening to me, talking to me, asking questions. She immediately removed me off all those medications, um, telling me that there was no way I should ever have been prescribed them uh, and just suggested to me that, that, that I go back to, um, to using what I'd always known had helped. Okay. Uh, but she obviously added that she couldn't write that down in my notes because if she did, um, you know, she she, she would she, it's basically against the law and and, and she would be uh, she potentially um, at risk being struck off and, and, and losing her entire career. But you know, she said she 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 actually referred me to talking better. She didn't have the problem, um, and uh, you know, and things went from, from 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 better after better to better after that.
0: As cannabis is becoming less of a dirty word, the UPA has taken it upon themselves to focus on the medical access, not activism. Their goal is to move things along faster and stronger.
1: We formed in uh, in 2014 um, as a result of there being no real organization in existence that was focusing. Um, specifically on advancing legal access to cannabis therapeutics um, for patients. We were a, a kind of activist and campaigning group. What has happened is we've become a support and advocacy group now. So you know we, we help out with legal issues that patients have, we help their we help their dosaging questions, we support them. We you know we make sure that they can uh, they do the right things to get hold of the right kind of medicine for their conditions, advise them on um, various different methods of consumption and, and you know, and how to avoid um, some of the some of the risks or or, or some sort of the fears that they have um and, and over the last two years, I think perhaps as a result of us almost separating ourselves from the activist side um and and, and, and engaging at the right level with with the right people um you know we 've gained an awful lot of credibility and and, and now we 've got an awful lot of support from um academic in, uh, academic institutions and uh, and we 've got a couple of uh, top scientists, including Professor Mike Barnes, who's a consultant neurologist um, uh, in the UK, practicing, he's been practicing for 30 years, uh, and he's going to become, we'll be announcing on 30th of September um, at our AGM, he's going to announce his trusteeship of our organization, um, which hopefully will help us move things further and faster.
0: I asked John about his take on stigma and where the UK's population is at with cannabis, as some reports say that nearly half the British people support legalization.
1: I mean, obviously, when when we look at the problem with uh, with, with fentanyl and and, and tramadol and all these these um, opiate-based medications in the States, and what I would say is we don't yet have uh, the same level of problem with opiates as I think they do in the the U.S. Um, However, there are many, many, many signs um, that that, that we are are moving rapidly in that direction. And and, and we've started to have some problems with tramadol and addiction and and, and fentanyl and death and and, and various other things like that. but interestingly, the um, so the United Patients of America ran uh, along with uh, with an all-party parliamentary group on drug law reform, so it's it basically a group of people from our House of Lords rather than our House of Commons, uh, it's the upper house, if you like. Right. Um, yeah, they, they did an inquiry, and, and to support that inquiry, uh, we ran a patient survey, which was I think it was about 623 so, patient cohort study, uh, where we were asking um, all sorts of questions, and, and and one of the questions we were interested in, in, in getting answer to. Um, was how many of our patients had actually discussed their cannabis use at all um, with their doctor, and, and, and we were very pleasantly, I have to say, surprised um, that around 65%, I think the figure came in, of our patients had discussed um, their, their, their 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 cannabis use with their doctor, and only 25% of them had received negative feedback. Um, wow. No, no. It, I, I said it that way specifically because you know it's not like seventy-five percent said great, carry on. Um, so, you know, supportive was probably around about the sort of thirty percent mark, um, and saying nothing uh, was was somewhere in the middle. Um, and but you know, one can assume that if a doctor fears being struck off, then saying nothing is probably an affirmative. Right. Um, so I think actually. The medical profession themselves, certainly the ones at the front, uh, so you know, the, the general practitioners who are seeing patients every day, um, I'm, I, I'm pretty confident that the majority of doctors now.
0: Now, the regulated definition of a medicine in the UK, John says it is a single compound, and you can imagine that makes it quite difficult for cannabis.
1: There's a huge resistance, and, and all we ever get, and, and all we've ever had for, for a very, very long time, is, is a, there is the standard government response. Um, to any bit of evidence, any question you ever ask, it just comes back with uh, you know, a, a standard statement of we have evidence that cannabis it causes harms to the individual, um, there are risks to mental health, and it causes damage to communities, uh, and therefore we have no plans to legalise it. Um, and, and of course we just avoid the question, I and mean, you know, we, we sort of say, well, we're not talking about legalisation actually, we're just talking about access to the medicine. Mm-hmm. And then we fall back on... What is our, our our policy for approval of medicines? Um, you, know, you can't you can't legally make the claim that cannabis is a medicine um, because you know, we have a medicines and healthcare regulatory uh, authority who define define a medicine as a single compound that has a single purpose, um, and, and, and so you, know, you can't have a medicine that has hundreds of compounds like cannabis does because it. it and in fact, when it comes to a plant extract, um, we actually have a rule that says that you can't you can't approve a plant extract as a medicine. Um, You you just cannot do it because uh, it it just would be wrong to have to uh, patent and and license such a thing, Um, which is why it was particularly frustrating uh, when a few years ago, um, uh, the the, the one pharmaceutical company in the UK, which does have a license to produce a cannabis-based medicine, and that's how it's worded, and they submitted um, this product, the NHRA, as a combination of two cannabinoids, THC and CBD, in a one-to-one formulation with other inactive impurities. Um, now, we know that the other inactive impurities are all of the other cannabinoids and terpenes because it's full plant extract, um, but that's not how we submitted it, And, and our, our own government um, made some little changes in law and to the misuse of drugs act to allow that to go through. Um, you know, so that they didn't have to change the law on cannabis to allow DW to market their
0: product. As we've discussed on TGSP before, government officials are starting to realise that the public wants discussion around cannabis. And as such, some are campaigning on that change. We asked John about the different parties in the UK. We wanted to understand if there were any parties that were actually for cannabis reform.
1: There are two, um, and, and one is probably more effective, effective effective than the other. I mean, the, the Green Party, as it happens, uh, ever since they formed in 1998, um, they have had the legalisation of cannabis in their manifesto since day one. Um, okay. The other party that has always been interested in hearing and listening and, and has always been sympathetic um, it, w- was, w- is the Liberal Democrats, which, which, is, uh, which I don't think is, is, is actually a coincidence when, when you consider the, um, the, the, the what's been going on in Canada either. Um, you know, the, the, the Liberal Party um, have always been a, a rather more um, progressive party in, 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 in that regard. And in fact, in the last year, um, they are now the only party... Um, other than the Greens to have actually put it in their manifesto and used this as part of the most recent election promise uh, that mm-hmm. they would uh, immediately address um, both the medical aspect and also the uh, the, the whole regulation of, of, of cannabis for adult use as well. The good side is we're now starting to see our Labour Party who are becoming a lot more interested and, 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 and just recently we had um, uh, a long-serving MP uh, Paul Flynn MP who's, who's kind of been in the House of Commons for about 35 years uh, and has been fighting this cause and um, as, a, as a question that was asked in Parliament about two, three weeks ago um, he Everybody, uh by literally in in parliament so it's in Hansard you can go and read it in in the record um that he called for medical cannabis patients to come to parliament and have uh, an act in in a, in a civil disobedience way and come and break the law and he would join them um mm. and so that's precisely what we are going to do on October the 10th um he will be raising a medical cannabis bill Um, And he already has, he believes, the support of a number of of, of MPs. Um, So we hope to make a huge impact there. So this is a good reflection of the fact that we know things are changing. Um, But unfortunately, the one party that just isn't playing is the one that's currently in power.
0: Who is Paul Flynn? Well, he's an 82-year-old MP who first assumed office back in 1987. Paul has been outspoken on the prohibition, and he recently called for people to come and consume the illegal substance on parliament grounds. I think we have to say to those who put up with the barbaric stupidity
2: and cruelty of government policy that denies seriously ill people their medicine of choice, we've got a call on those who are in this position
0: to act in a way of civil disobedience. Paul says the law needs to be challenged.
2: All, all you master criminals have broken the law. And what has the law done? Nothing. Uh, it proves that the cannabis law is an ass and it's right that we should treat it as such. It's unenforceable.
0: Something interesting happened when Paul Flynn stood up in Parliament and made the announcement. People got behind him. Elizabeth Bryce uh, when the third, she went to... The Parliament
2: in Belgium spoke to the Parliament in Belgium and within months they changed their policy in, in that country. We know most of the countries in the world allow this most ancient of medicines, but I would call on people to break the law, to come here and use cannabis and challenge the government, the authorities uh, to arrest them and take them in. That's the only way it'll get through the, the common mind of the government which is set in concrete and is the whole laws uh, evidence-free
0: and prejudice-rich. let's see them do that. There were 3,744 drug-poisoning deaths involving both legal and illegal drugs in England and Wales in just 2016. This is the highest number of deaths since comparable statistics began in 1993. Paul says we have a chance to do something.
3: I mean, I I chair an all-party group here on the opioids i mean it it's a huge problem, and we've you know we, we know the problem in the state at the moment more people killed by the opioid drugs than killed in their, in gun crime and in traffic accidents mm. and we've, we we're inheriting that here there seems this acceptance that there are certain drugs that are medicinal and therefore safe and should be used. Uh, and certain drugs that are illegal and are terribly dangerous, and the reverse is often the truth. The dangerous drugs, I mean, the really worrying drugs now, are the opioids, which are used for purposes or that, that are not for life-threatening diseases. Mainly, it's uh, uh, depression, anxiety, and uh, uh, the, the, they're leaving people with a an addiction for life in many cases. Mm. But this is. I'd say the you know, my interests here uh d- d- trying to persuade our country not to follow the dreadful example of America, but we're against there, a commercial organization uh, selling these drugs, a huge increase in the cases of depression that alleged to take place, but we did have a campaign run by a group in this country who were a a lobbyist group to popularize depression as an illness, and this group was exposed as being entirely funded by the Pharmaceutical Society, They'd be hugely successful, and we have something like a 400 500% increase of the number of people seeking medication for depression. And often, the medicine is worse than the malady, it's a medicine uh, that gives them uh, an addiction. But that's a huge problem. I mean, we wandered off the subject, I know. But again, if, if we had well, what we're terribly short of in the House of Commons here are people who think scientifically mm. um, we've got a lot in the house of lords rachel the unelected house of lords a distinguished former uh, scientists who could approach things in a sensible way but it, i'm afraid the mps are bullied and buffeted by what they read in the tabloid newspapers and you can see right. the screaming mocking mps who want to uh, uh, Take a, a policy that can be proved to be to be working. I mean, we got the examples here in in Europe, in Portugal, and in, in Holland. Yeah. Portugal decided to their drugs in 2001, and the, the you know the number of deaths they have halved in a very short time, and they've saved a huge amounts of money. And, not, and they, you know, they
0: do work. They're practical. Governments around the world have expressed their excitement of tax revenues coming from legalized cannabis. Mr. Flynn says you should expect the same excitement in the UK.
3: Well, well, I've called this bill the the uh, re-legalization of cannabis because it was legal in this country for a a century um, before 73 as the tincture of cannabis could be used. We've gone uh, in a hysterical and irrational way on to prohibition. So it really was. There's no medicine in the the whole of the world that's been tried and tested uh, for a longer time than cannabis, which has been used for 5,000 years. In every continent on on, on the planet. Now, if there's any nasty side effects, it would have been apparent by that use. And we, we do understand it. Um, and I think there is both, both a commercial interest in it and, of course, a tax interest in it, which um, politicians should find irresistible. And if you're going to... Uh, if people do wish to use a drug, we, we exploit the uh, the alcohol users and tobacco users by punishing rates of tax on them. But there's no reason why it shouldn't be used uh, for cannabis as well. But I think the you know we, we're going to see this in a, in a very short time. The world is moving that way, mm-hmm. and uh, Britain won't be uh, allowed to continue to have our heads buried in the sand uh, for much longer.
0: If one could fast forward, I asked Paul where he thinks that the cannabis industry will be in two years.
3: I I think there will be uh, a realization from the evidence of your country, the splendid example that you're giving the 29 states in America, Uruguay and the rest of the world, that it will become irresistible. We can't go on continuing with policies that have greatly multiplied the use of drugs and the dangers of drugs. And the lesson will be learned, that prohibition doesn't work. And we'll start, I believe medicinal cannabis will be the first step. And then we'll go on to using cannabis recreationally in a controlled way with a regulated, legally, a a legal market that can be taxed.
0: On October 10th, 2017, hundreds of people got high outside of Parliament. They were consuming in a very British way, infused cakes, scones, and tea— Mr. Flynn also wasn't the only MP who sat in. Two others joined him, and they all called it a success. Paul introduced a private member's bill calling for legalization of cannabis for medicinal purposes. And it turns out, people were listening. Paul's 10-minute rule bill passed to a second reading. That will take place on February 23, 2018.
4: I'm John Liebling, I'm political director of United Patients Alliance and uh, here we are at uh, near Parliament Square, this is actually Old Palace Yard, where uh, right behind me you'll see this beautiful little wish tree. Um, where we're We're here to protest uh, against the uh, criminalisation of of thousands of patients across the country because, really, um, they should have legal access to their medicine of choice. Paul Flynn has called for a bit of civil disobedience.
2: All all you master criminals have broken the law. And what has the law done? Nothing. Uh, It proves that the cannabis law is an ass and it's right that we should treat it as such. It's
4: unenforceable. And so we're here, but we're being very civil about our disobedience. You'll see some tables and chairs because we had um, we had some uh, medicated tea and cakes earlier uh, and we had, uh, we had MP Paul Flynn, uh, a couple of other MPs, we, we, we've had a few come down and speak.
1: They are, you know, suffering first-hand and they're not allowed to, you know, medicate themselves with cannabis you know and and it's it's criminal it's criminal that it is criminal to be honest
4: with you obviously it's an important issue particularly for patients an awful lot of patients suffer from chronic pain and uh, or or chronic conditions which means they can't come and protest for themselves
2: and i've been told about five minutes ago by messenger that it has passed absolutely all the eyes have it there were no people saying no to it Um,
0: Thanks for joining us on TGSP this week. We hope you like the show. Don't forget to go to our website, www.thegreenscenepodcast.com, subscribe to us, and rate our podcast. We'll catch you next week.